It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We are, for the next segment, going to, you and I discuss, uh, along with a spokesperson for um, uh, the Granite School District, we're going to have a look at the numbers. Uh, There has been a discussion playing out uh, throughout the week as to whether or not the school district will publish COVID-19 case counts for all the schools. As you know, uh, I, I'm always reminded you about this website, coronavirus.utah.gov. That's the uh, the state's website, and they have, uh, in my opinion, done uh, a fairly well job, fairly good job uh, of keeping us up to date on that website of uh, like total case counts, hospitalization rates, uh, the daily case count, the positive uh, rate. Uh, there's a lot of information there available, and <clears throat> if you're into just stats. Uh, just pure statistics, it's interesting in that sense as well. It's certainly good for uh, making decisions and having an understanding of what we're facing here in the state. Uh, but if you're a numbers nerd, uh, it, it's pretty interesting <laughs> to scratch that itch uh, as well there at coronavirus.utah.gov. And, well, uh, there have been calls uh, on districts, the, the, the districts throughout the state, to provide similar data. Uh, because the argument goes, if you have that type of data, if you're a parent or a student or a teacher, uh, you can make uh, decisions, or at least know uh, you can at least know uh, about the, the the world around you as you uh, plunge into the the schools ar- around the state. Uh, Granite has been debating this issue throughout the week, and uh, and has made uh, the decision to, in fact, uh, publish COVID nineteen case counts, and that data is already made available. I have. Uh, the the chart here in front of me that goes through every th- single school uh, throughout the district gives the number of uh, positive cases. It breaks it down in terms of what that means as a percentage. Uh, there's also uh, a number here that shows the total uh, number of staff and students quarantined throughout the district. Uh, to walk us through, uh, number one, the decision uh, to make this information public and then the information itself, uh, I'm joined uh, again, by Ben Horsley of the Granite School District spokesperson there. Uh, ben, sir, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. Uh, let me ask you basically, why, why make this information available? Well, I, as you can imagine in the world that we live in, that's data-driven, that's information-driven, whether that information is accurate or not, those conversations are happening in our communities. For the last several weeks, we've been discussing with the health department if and what type of information they were going to be providing. Ultimately, they are still, I want to applaud their efforts to to be as transparent as possible. Uh, But at the end of the day, they're still working through some details on that platform, and we could not wait any longer. We knew our families need to have good local information so that they could make decisions in the best interest of their families. Is, Is ultimately the objective then for this district information to be included in the state's website and folks maybe, you know, in an ideal world uh, at some point will be able to access it there? Yeah, I think at some point in time we'll actually transition and shift this this platform over to either the local county health department and or the state platform. I see. Uh, but we have been told that at that point in time, the data will simply indicate at the school level whether they are plus or minus 15 cases. Well, I got to tell you, Lee, as a parent in a, uh, who has kids in public schools, 14 cases is a lot different than one case. 
And uh, depending on how many kids are actually in a school, whether that's 2,300 like a high school or 350 or 500 like an elementary, that, that, that number fluctuating is a huge difference in my mind. So I can only imagine that parents would look at that data as less than 15 cases and might feel a sense of panic even if there's no cases or one cases. So in one sense, we recognize that there are going to be people out there who are going to freak out, frankly, pardon my unprofessional term, I don't know other way to say it. <laughs> They're going to freak out over one case in a school and say that that's unacceptable when we know that's going to happen. And then there's going to be some, most people are going to look at that and go, oh, that's pretty good. The yeah. school's doing a good job of preventing the spread of disease. And ultimately, we, we are looking at this data going, this is great. Our schools are doing a good job. Yeah, it, that sentiment was uh, communicated in the in the school board meeting, as you well know, by uh, by board president Karen Winder. She said it, it, it can incite panic. Uh, I recognize that, but uh, how you really calm rumors is with accurate information. And so, if people are thinking there are ten cases at a school and it's zero or one, that's a huge difference. Just as you uh, illustrated there, I, I agree with that sentiment, and I think it is uh, sufficient to to make this information available. So uh, I applaud you for for making it available. Now let's walk through the the data itself. What uh, what exactly will be communicated in, in this uh, in this table here? Well, let me tell you about an experience I had to explain that. Just last night, I took over a dozen calls in my department, and I heard that the local school where this was happening uh, was also being inundated. And so you can imagine how that translates in, in, in every single school across the state of Utah and reverberates in the same fashion. There was a, a, a community member indicating there were 17 cases at this school and that the district was withholding information. The school was uh, uh, stonewalling information. And at the end of the day, there was only two cases of this particular location. And what the communication problem breakdown was is the amount of kids quarantined as a result of exposure as opposed to actual case numbers. And that's a big communication gap right there because quarantine does not mean you're sick. Quarantine is an effort by the school. We should welcome quarantines because what that is indicating is that the school is making an effort to mitigate the spread of disease. It does not mean those kids are sick. It's making sure that nobody else does get sick. And so people are conflagulating those two terms, quarantine and confirmed cases. What we have provided there is the actual confirmed case count at each actual school and then a percentage of the total population as as a portion of those confirmed cases. So you can see there is an average probably it's two-tenths of 1% on average, yeah. in our schools right now in terms of confirmed cases. I think our highest one is two-thirds of 1%. Yeah. So really, schools are doing a great job. In, in the data that's provided, the, when, it, when it comes to the current number of confirmed cases, will that, uh, in an ongoing sense, will that be a cumulative number, or will you, uh, will you less those who uh, have recovered based on criteria? That's a great question. I know the county dashboard will talk about recovered cases. We're only planning on running a current active case type window of the previous two weeks' worth of data. So you note that we're only publishing the data from the previous week and the week before that. I see. And so next Monday, even though it's Labor Day, we will then publish essentially the first two weeks of school's worth of data. And then the week after that, we'll cut off the first week and just have the latest two weeks because generally that's what's considered an active case. Understood, understood. And, and if there is anything lingering, th- those students may still be in the, the quarantine setting because the, the guidelines are if you're demonstrating symptoms, you're in quarantine. 
Correct. And so there still may be some uh, cases out there hanging out, but it would be a very minimal amount. And frankly, I don't think parents are so much concerned about what has happened, but what is currently happening. And that's the focus of this dashboard. All righty. Uh, well, listen, I'm, I'm a lover of data. I like transparency. This is scratching all those itches. Uh, ben Horsley, thank you for uh, walking this, uh, walking through this with us. Uh, best of luck to you today at the, at the school. All right. Thanks again for having me. All righty. Uh, very good. It's fascinating information. And uh, and just like he said, it's re- remarkable what a low percentage of uh, confirmed cases compared to the total in-school population. In fact, uh, I did a little bit of math myself. Right now, uh, and this is, this, is, this is a number larger than the total confirmed cases, which is below 70, I think, in, across the entire district. There are about 260 uh, students and staff in quarantine right now, uh, and that is... Uh, among a student population of some 67,000. So at least in the Granite School District, uh, keep that in perspective as you see headline after headline of uh, this and that number of uh, students coming down with this or that. Uh, but the, the, the percentages, uh, percentages are important to consider. So 262 in quarantine compared to 67,000 students, uh, it's a remarkably uh, small percentage. And at least at these early days, uh, I, I'd consider that a, a victory of sorts. And so I'm anxious to get this data from other districts, compare how they're doing. Uh, and when everyone uh, comes together under the same roof, maybe at the state level, and we can see all this information in a comprehensive sense, uh, fascinating stuff, right? Absolutely fascinating. Quick break. When we return, I'll be joined uh, by a colleague of mine, KSL television reporter Garna Mejia. Uh, there was uh, an article that came out uh, in conjunction with a study uh, which ranked Utah in last place in terms of teacher safety in the classroom right now in the midst of this coronavirus. Is there a reason for Utah to be in that position? How do teachers respond? What are the realities? What's the governor have to say? We'll find out all the answers next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.